0: This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode
1: of the Top Ten. Why? Eek vibe e- 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 nation. Nation. station. Nation. Nation. The top ten. The
0: top ten. The top ten. Hello, hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Top Ten by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia Savie, and today we have our very special co-host, Brittany Hegel. Welcome Brittany and good morning.
2: Good morning.
0: <laughs> you ever have
2: that moment where it's like if I go quiet on here, I'm just asleep. Just just let me it just let sleeping dogs lie.
0: Uh, No, Brittany, we are wide awake and prepared for today's podcast, so that's the energy level that I'm expecting right
1: now. (laughs) Oh, no. I was going to say, I'm prepared. I am prepared. (laughs) But,
0: Brittany, we have an awesome subject today, Um, and it's a subject that, like, I am not, say, the biggest horror movie fan. But we also decided to throw out horror movies, thrillers, and suspense films, which is going to be really cool. I feel like I have a really great list. What do you have? You know, you think that uh, you got some meaty uh choices here for us today?
2: I do, because I was going to say, like, um, I, I'm a big weenie when it comes to horror films. But I love them, but I also really like suspense ones where it's hard to make me sit down and watch them. But once I do, I'm, like, so entrapped. But I will have nightmares about it for, like, the next five weeks afterwards.
0: (laughs) I will say that, like, horror movies for me, if we're talking about, like, real classic horror movies, I do love, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and the Halloween movies, Friday the 13th. It's just those like, paranormal activity movies that I just can't, like... I can't watch them. The Saw movies are just a little too gruesome for me. It's like, I know that that's all fake, but sometimes it just looks so real. Um, I'm going to tell you really quick the one thing that I had nightmares of when I first started watching, and it, it's not a movie, but it's The Walking Dead. I don't know. like I, And I loved it, obviously, you know, especially the first two seasons, but I remember that if I watched too much of The Walking Dead and especially at night that I would have nightmares about it.
2: No, I don't blame you because I used to imagine like like going to bed at night, I was like, What would I do if a zombie apocalypse happened in the night and I just felt somebody like hitting at the windows, like, what do you do? Where do you hide? What do you you know, how do those people get away and you're just like, you know what? I need to go to bed.
0: I would tell you that Polly and I would be screwed if there was a zombie apocalypse. We live in an apartment building, and we have, like, five pets. I don't know. We'd have to, like, she's, obviously, we save Lady. Lady is our dog for anyone who doesn't know, so she's safe. She is safe in the apocalypse. But <laughs> I don't know about
2: the cats. <laughs> if I was you, I'd sneak out the back window. I would sneak down there. I'd be like, if the cats can get down, I can get down. <laughs> I am not as
1: limber as them. <laughs> We do need,
0: um, so this topic today is movies, but we should at some point maybe do a TV one. I was thinking about yeah. how Stranger Things would be a perfect addition to a TV edition of uh, Top Ten. So, But without further ado, we're doing again the Top Ten Horror Thriller and Suspense Movies. And Brittany, you got the number ten slot. I
2: think for the first one, I'm going to go with Zodiac, which I don't know if you've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, it has Robert Downey. Dunn-
1: yes,
2: I- yes. I remember the first time I ever watched it, and this was back with um. I used to be so terrified of scary things that even if a commercial came on for something scary before I was going to bed, I'd be like, Mom and Dad, move over. I'm getting in bed with you because I'm terrified now. So uh, when I went over to a friend's house, she was like, she was obsessed with psychological thrillers or, like, scary movies. And she was like, let's watch Zodiac. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but it was so good, especially with Robert Downey Jr. in it. But it was just this suspense of, like, who's the killer? Well, you know, like, you see him killing people. But it's you felt the hopelessness of, like, people in real life where they're like, we well, you don't know who this guy is we can't find him, you know, they had certain leads, but they never panned out, and you almost feel that desperation, like, catch this guy, because you want him to pay for these crimes of, like, killing these couples, and just, like, the horror that these couples felt, but the whole time I was watching, I was, like, must look away, but too scared (laughs) to look away type situation, and also, when I watched, it was, like, I think right after, like, the first Iron Man movie came out. So, of course, I was just like, this man is beautiful. He's going to, like, take this whole movie to a whole other level.
0: Well, first of all, we have to give um, credit to the fact that, yes, Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie, but you forgot Mark Ruffalo and Jake Gyllenhaal are also in this movie. Oh, I forgot! Oh right all three uh marvel alums by the way which is hilarious i actually watched this movie for the first time not too long ago when it was announced that jake gyllenhaal was going to play mysterio in spider-man far from home and i have been a jake gyllenhaal fan for years i do actually have a few of his movies on my list as well um and So I decided to watch Zodiac, and it was just the way that they really were able to uh, capture that suspense and that darkness and that mystery to it was just so well done. In you know, you think that, you know, they never caught the Zodiac killer. So a movie about, like, a killer that they never caught, you think, why would they make this movie? But it's all really about, say, like, the investigation and how this kind of, like, drove all these people kind of mad and how it really was, like, the journalists and stuff who kind of seemed to be doing a lot of the footwork considering the Zodiac Killer was so just obsessed with sending them messages and shit like that. But. I thought it was really just a suspenseful movie. It kept you at the edge of your seat. You wanted to keep watching more and I really liked seeing the levels of how everyone was affected by this whole entire situation. I thought it was great and Robert Downey Jr., yes, of course made that movie, but I loved Mark Ruffalo in it. I loved Jake Gyllenhaal in it and I think there was a few others that I'm obviously forgetting right now, but I think that's a great movie, and obviously I think it's solidified as one of the best that any of these actors have been in, because I'm pretty sure it won some awards, if I'm not mistaken.
2: I was going to say, I just giggle every time I do think of the Zodiac Killer, as messed up as it is because of that joke (laughs) going around about Ted Cruz. (laughs) And and so every time I'm like, Zodiac Killer, I'm like, Ted Cruz.
0: I did not understand that. That was complete propaganda and just media like <laughs> like misdirection. But yeah, that was so, to me that was so random. It came out came out of like nowhere and I was like, what am I watching right now? Like is this real life? This seems Crazy. <laughs> but, uh, I love that
2: video where Ted Cruz is giving a speech, and like there's uh, someone holding up a sign that said Ted Cruz is a zodiac killer,
1: and you just oh see him God. like look
2: at it but grin, like almost like, oh, you you
0: shit. <laughs> I will say that he is not old enough to be the zodiac killer. I, I think that's <laughs> the. I think that they said that the guy, if he's still alive, is, like, at least in his 70s or 80s or something like that.
2: This is crazy. I just love the
0: Internet
1: sometimes.
0: <laughs> they certainly are a source of constant entertainment. But, Brittany, I really like that choice for the number 10 just because we, I uh, not only was it a fantastic movie... But we have three of the best Marvel actors in it, so kudos. <laughs> good, kudos.
1: Good.
0: good job, good job. Sorry, guys. Um, So I'm going to hit the number nine slot, and I count this as a horror movie. It's also a bit of a zombie movie, which we were talking about just before. Zombies are terrifying, and it's like a shit ton of nightmares. But I am going to pick... 28 Days Later. Now, have you watched 28 oh, Days Later? I forget that if I've, uh, you know, subjected you to watching it one of the times that you're here.
2: I am pretty sure we watched it together. Is that the one where the blood drops in that guy's eye? Uh, like, yeah, oh, that movie was so good, so scary. Keep going, but oh, that's a good one.
0: All right, so... For anyone who isn't aware, this movie starred Killian Murphy, and I believe was one of his first projects, if not his very first. I could be wrong about that, but it was definitely before he's done Peaky Blinders, when Batman movies, most of his movies. um, He played a young guy, and listen, I'm going to say this, and you guys are all going to say, that sounds really familiar, that story, but it's about a guy who falls into a coma and twenty-eight days later wakes up to find that the world is in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Sounds like The Walking Dead, but don't think that Twenty Eight Days Later copied it because the Walking Dead comic book came out after Twenty Eight Days Later was made. So if anything, The Walking Dead copied twenty eight days later. But I digress because I never want anyone to sit there I never want anyone to sit there and think that this movie copied from The Walking Dead, because both the comics and the show came after 28 Days Later. But regardless, this was scary as hell to me. First of all, the way that they filmed everything, because it was so dark and tense. There was always this, like, constant music going on that really just got your heart beating the whole time, and it was sad, you know, that one scene where uh the main character Jim goes to see that his parents essentially killed themselves so that they wouldn't be eaten alive by zombies it was just so heartbreaking and we saw the absolute like dismay of everything you know i one of the scenes that always stands out in my mind is when he goes to the church and on the wall someone wrote Uh, repent the end is extremely fucking nigh and just so crazy but the insane part of this is that the zombies in it are in this like rage like that's the whole thing is that they are infected with this like rage virus so uh, this is not Dawn of the Dead this isn't even The Walking Dead the zombies don't shuffle they don't groan and kind of slowly chase after you they sprint these zombies are running <laughs> these zombies are running marathons because that And to me that is like more frightening than anything else to just see all these like crazy infected monsters with red eyes like screwing from the mouth and just sprinting after people oh, i mean that was just insane and then as you said, Brittany, that one scene where they're with the father and he looks up and some of the blood gets in his eye and he, like, almost instantly kind of transforms into the rage uh, zombie and he's just telling his daughter to get back because he knows that he's getting infected. And that the whole movie still to this day, I just feel completely in suspense and frightened. I think that it was done extremely well. And I still think that, like, if you want to talk about, say, zombie movies, that this has to be, like, one of the best zombie movies out there. And one of, like, the – I know that it's not necessarily the first because we've had Dawn of the Dead and all of that stuff or Night of the Living Dead and stuff. But if you want to talk about, about, like, modern cinema, this is one of the predecessors to all the other zombie content that we have today so definitely want to take 28 days later and Brittany, if you kind of remember some of the movie and want to tell me like what your thoughts are just go right ahead
2: i was gonna say that was a really good take because i remember us watching that and i think when i visited you in new york where uh i and i remember going now it, it was i think it was in the middle of us loving walking dead so much or in the middle of a peaky blinders kick where We were going through uh, Killian Murphy, and I remember the most is, like, the beginning scene of him waking up, him wandering, because at that point, he's, like, not running into anybody. I felt like the atmosphere and them taking the time to set it up to kind of Mm -hmm. put that atmosphere was super nice, where it was like, okay, he's walking through, because I don't think he sees really any, like, dead bodies right off the get-go, right? Like, he's just, like, it's like everybody's just gone.
1: And you yeah, would almost
2: think for a second, like,
0: rapture happens. That's the thing. He doesn't see any dead bodies. He's just literally walking the streets and seeing garbage everywhere, seeing that there's a – I mean, I think it takes place in London. I could be wrong. I think I'm so, because I think it, I see that bridge they were on. Right. And so London is like New York City. It's extremely busy. There should be cars everywhere, and there's none. No, that's
2: terrifying. Uh, when I sat there, I was like, oh, there's no people. And I kept just waiting for something to come at him. And you're right. The rage fire is terrifying so much more because I get the shuffling is scary. But, you know, they proved in Walking Dead, you know, they do start to decay and they, you know, they slow down. And it's not quite as scary like, you know, the ones that are recently turned have a little more movement in them. But I remember I was like, okay, they just shuffle at you, even though it's horrifying and, you know, you don't really hear them come up on you. But the thought of something sprinting at me faster than, like, a normal human terrifies me. Because I run slow. I don't don't need
0: something coming after (laughs) me that I can't outrun. Well, these, you know, are running upstairs, they're running over objects, they're just like rabid dogs, pretty much, and I don't think that they decay. I think that they can, I think they prove that they can, like, say, starve to death, but they don't decay, so they're just, like, in that rage moment, and and I thought also, by the way, what was great about this movie was that, yes, we had the whole thing with the zombies, but then at that one scene towards the end of the movie, where it's the humans, those people who were in the military, and they become somewhat of the adversary, you know, the adversaries as well, and that was terrifying because they were almost say a worse threat than the freaking rage zombies.
2: I feel like you're yeah, gonna make me hit a walking dead kick again because the like, <laughs> like, like because that is like the one thing Walking Dead showed a lot too it's like it's not just the zombies you have to worry about, it's the humans because there's no order. It's people making up the rules as they go kinda of like Negan said he's like, Oh, you know, the old rules don't count now <laughs> Oh
0: yeah. You're definitely gonna hit a walking dead kick after the <laughs> yeah, <get to> dead <laughs> ah! Would you say that you're already dead?
1: <laughs> oh, okay, I'm a zombie. Okay. That,
0: that, that's an inside joke with Brittany and I because I am a huge fan of iZombie, which is um, ending in like four days. It's going to have its last episode ever. And the theme song is I Am Already Dead. So that's just a little inside joke between the two of us. But you should watch iZombie regardless.
1: Anyway, Brittany,
0: hit us up with the number
2: eight. Uh, I was going to say, I actually didn't have this one on my list beforehand, but I'm going to put it here now because you inspired me. I'm going to go with World War Z because it is the first legitimate movie that I went to the theater, and I remember I was watching it with someone, and I literally was like, it was back when Hastings was still open. Hastings was right next. I went hey, you can finish this movie, but I'm literally so terrified right now. Like, I was crying, and I don't normally do that. And I remember I was like, I'm going to go to Hastings. You finish this movie. And they're like, no, 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 finish it. And I was scared the entire time. I don't know. Have you seen World
0: War Z? I haven't, but I would love for you to dive more in and yes. tell me about
2: it. So the whole thing is like uh, – It's Brad Pitt's in it and he has a family. And he I can't remember if he has a daughter or two daughters because it's been a while since I've seen it. But one of the daughters has asthma. I think it's only one daughter. She has asthma and she takes medication for it while they're driving. And I think he's like old military or he was something that was a little more like black ops, like where he had a specific set of skills. But,
1: uh,
2: (laughs) well, the, you know, the zombie apocalypse starts happening. But, the scary thing is it's like uh twenty eight days later where they are the rage fires, and I mean they run like like fast, like abnormally, like just come sprinting at you, and it's where it's happening where they're in the middle of traffic, so they're having to like try to escape, it's horrifying, it's terrifying, and uh well, later on, you know they end up getting away, but the daughter having asthma is a big issue throughout the movie where mm-hmm. she, they're trying to get medication. And there's, like, one point where they go to the supermarket to try to, like, get it because they're trying to go to the pharmacy. But, you know, there's so many people in there. Well, in the middle of it, the wife, like, these two guys try to rape the wife, like, right in the middle of the supermarket, like, oh. in front of everybody because that's just, like, how crazy everything is going. And uh, they end up getting the medication everything. but it's just going through because then you find out later on, because he's something more important, they like get the family onto a ship where like more important people are because they find that the safest place is to be on a ship, right? Mm-hmm. Where uh, basically, I'm trying to think of the word for it, like, but they're like, okay, we can end up happy. But then the people on there are like, oh, well, everybody has to earn their way. If, if Brad Pitt's character doesn't help us, you know, try to find a cure or do something, you know, we're going to kick your family out and y'all can go back to surviving on the outside. And it's like super scary because it's just him trying to like, which well, he ends up finding a cure for it, which is really insane, like spoiler alert, but just the whole atmosphere of like things running. And there's like one point where they're like, in like a middle eastern country where and they're in a city and there's like walls that they built but then the zombies start like hitting the wall but they start climbing over one another to make like basically a bridge over the wall and oh so i I've,
0: I've, I've seen that gif i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but i've seen that gif before and that looks effing insane oh
2: well it, it turns out like I think during that scene uh Brad Pitt's character ends up seeing a kid that like the like basically is that if you've almost been at the cusp of death that basically they don't want you because you're not healthy, like they don't know you to want to get you, and uh and I don't no, he didn't come out with a cure, I think it was basically like a vaccine of like for them to be away from you. Because these zombies just run through this kid, like, around him and don't eat him. And you see that he's bald, like, where he's obviously had cancer, been very sick at some point. So at the end, Brad Pitt's character, like, injects himself with, like, all these, like, very bad viruses that nearly kill him. But afterwards, like, he just walks through the zombies. And you're like, oh, my God. But the whole thing was so terrifying. Sorry for that long synopsis, but... Just them running at you and like the panic of like oh the daughter's got to have her medication or she's gonna basically like hyperventilate to death she's gonna suffocate oh it was it was pretty horrible
0: um that so I I feel like a bad movie fan that I've never seen mm-hmm. World War Z because it is one of those movies that I feel like is talked about so much and I do love Brad Pitt so I I feel like I definitely need to go see this movie and as I told you I've seen that gif of that just insane scene of them climbing up the wall and shit like that and that whoever thought of that in the movie was just on some other level of you know what we're just going to go badass here we're going to go bigger than ever
2: they did drugs before that movie (laughs) <laughs> I, I feel
0: like you do that before most movies but that's just me um, <laughs> no I mean this sounds crazy and even with the, I guess you should always say spoiler alert on these shows because we're going to talk about the movies or TV shows so I guess yeah if you haven't seen it then turn your ears off or something like that but these even with that I'm feel...
2: these movies are old you've had your time
1: to look at them <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah exactly but I would definitely watch World War Z maybe the next time you come up here we can watch it and just uh, be terrified together
2: Oh, we can get sushi beforehand
0: always always <laughs> but great pick for the number 8 slot it is so funny my mom is texting me right now and she's like I hope that the Dracula movies are on this
1: list as well <laughs> going real old school there. <laughs>
2: uh, we need to do, like, an honorary mention for your mother at each show.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I'm going to hit the number seven slot. And instead of it being a horror film, it's more of a thriller. I guess it's a. it could be considered horror, but I think it's much more considered a thriller and suspense movie. And it is going to be – and tell me if you've seen this, Brittany – I'm not sure if you have, but I'm going to talk about it. It's going to be American Psycho, because it is still to this day like Christian Dale's best movie, and he plays this character like nobody else. Have you seen American Psycho, Brittany?
2: I was going to say, I have not, which oh. would give me all the hate, but... I have seen so many GIFs of it and or, like, uh, people talking about, like, the print on, like, the business cards. Oh,
1: yeah. And I was,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know it's a great movie, and I do need to see it. Maybe we can put that on our list for when I see you next. But definitely I think this is a good pick. Keep keep going.
0: So Christian Bale plays this very corporate um, Wall Street kind of guy, very wealthy, extremely into his looks. I mean, he takes such care to how he, you know, looks, how he works out, his outfits. He's meticulous with that shit. He completely just is focused on name brands, this, that, having the best, having the best sound system, having the best this, you know. The complete, if you want to say, like elitist pretty much. And he is going through work and all of this shit on Wall Street and everything. But there's then these scenes where he's like, he's absolutely insane. And I think he says it at some point in the movie. He's like, I'm absolutely insane. And he's just killing people. He's killing these women. And in just, and he's like, you know, he's very good looking. He's charming and shit. And like, there's this one scene where he, pays these two hookers and he has like a threesome with them and he's just you know forcing them to do things and he ends up killing them and just the the horror of it I mean I could it's like I can't remember every single like you know death scene pretty much but I mean there's Scenes where he's, like, running through the hallway covered in blood with a chainsaw and he's, like, throwing it down the stairwell and everything. Or he's, like, talking to this one woman and she's sitting down and he's, like, standing behind her with a nail gun pointed at the back of her head just looking at her, you know? I mean, scenes like that that are just have you in absolute suspense. And the end of the movie is so amazing and such a, like, mindfuckery because you don't know if it was all real. He doesn't know if it was all real because his mind is, like, so warped and shit. And I will say that the movie is really intense and really freaking good, but I have also then listened to the audiobook version of the book. It was a book originally, and it's based off the book. And, like, the book is even more, like, uh, unnerving because pretty much, like, the first two chapters are completely normal, and then it ends up suddenly twisting into, like, horrific, because he'll talk about what he did, right? He'll be like, oh, last night I had this for dinner, and I did this, and blah, 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 and then I split this one woman's throat, and then I, you know, exfoliated my face, <laughs> and blah, 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 <laughs> <you> know, like, <laughs> like, shit like that, you know, and it's just, so unnerving but yes that one scene with the business card is one of the most iconic scenes ever because uh, to me for someone who kind of like worked in corporate America I found it incredibly uh, telling of what people like focus on oh this business card this font and the raise, and the gloss and this one guy like The whole point is that Christian Bale's character has his business card. I swear to God, his business card looks exactly like this other dude's business card. But in his head, he's like this guy's business this car is so great. Mine looks like shit. And it's like they look exactly the same. It's like that scene where uh, the devil wears Prada and they're talking about the belts and, the, and Anne Hathaway. It's like they look exactly the same. And the woman's like,
1: oh, they're so different.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I guess that would be me. That would be me in New York. and like, yeah, I can do this. And it's like, no, no,
0: no. But that but, uh, is my... That's my all over the place description of American Psycho, and I know that you haven't seen it, but you, as you said, you've seen a lot of gifts of the movie. And from my again sporadic kind of description of it, why don't you let me know what you uh, think about American Psycho?
2: It feels very Ted Bundy to me, like oh, someone that was considered very attractive killing women, and you know having that the narcissist like oh I'm better than people you know but also he's like shit that one that one guy his mind looks like shit now but also I was going to say it, it, tell me if I'm wrong and this is also a spoiler alert isn't it like that one thing that you can't really figure out at the end is if he actually killed these people or if he just thought it all up in his head
0: well yeah because so again spoiler alert but at the end of the movie it's like he is completely unraveling and he's just killed someone and he calls the cops and he tells them that he's just killed someone because he's going insane. But then they get there and he's like, Oh, did you see all the blood? Did you see all this? And they're like, sir, there's no body. There's no blood. Like, what are you talking about? And so he's just sitting there and he's trying to like go through everything. Like, did he actually kill all these people? Or did he imagine all of it because of his, like, psyche was just kind of, like, breaking down pretty much? And you don't know, and I think that's, like, the true kind of beauty, I guess, of American Psycho is that it was able to do that, like, have that twist at the end.
2: Man. I think it's a good one because it is very psychological but it also is like it is horror. It's people dying and it's bloody but I still love that gif of like when he's like throwing something like he kind of flicks something and somebody had read it like changed it with like an orange arrow which means like an upvote, and it's like oh have your upvote, and he like
0: flicks it at someone. <laughs> well there's like this uh this Scene where he's like walking uh into work and he's like has this look of just complete like his face is just stern and all that but he's listening to i'm walking on sunshine <laughs> and it's like, oh, my oh my god,
1: god. it
0: seems ridiculous and i will say again like this is a movie version obviously i'm talking about but the book version as well is like even more uh, cringeworthy, not cringeworthy, but like, you know, there's one scenery like talks about cutting the eyeballs out of a homeless guy, and it's like, oh,
1: oh, God.
0: Like, and, and it goes into like really like extensive detail, and it's just Oof,
1: a little much Oof.
0: there, but yeah. So
1: <laughs> I'm like, let me
0: not focus too much on this. Number seven is going to be American Psycho. That's my pick. If you haven't watched it, I didn't really spoil anything for you. Please go see it because Christian Bale, still to this day, it's one of his best performances ever. But, Brittany, what is your number six on our top ten today? I was going to
2: say this is another movie that you showed me, and I'm going to throw it out there because I actually didn't have it on my list beforehand until you said 28 Days Later, which, you know, I got World War Z from that. And you will have to correct me a little bit because it's been a while, but I do love this movie. I'm going to go with Red Eye. That was on
1: my list. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. it's amazing. It's amazing. Keep going, keep going. Uh,
2: Okay, so I love Red Eye because, you know, it's about Killian Murphy, and he uh, – let me start over. The woman trying to get on her Red Eye flight and you know she meets killian murphy who's like oh let me you know you look like someone i think it was like a malibu breeze right but i think she ordered at first And, and he's like oh let me get you this and she's like oh i don't actually like that you know i like this other thing and he's like oh okay but you know he almost seems kind of off about it but as it goes through you realize that uh he's a part of this plan to like is he trying to murder the president or is he trying to murder like a governor or senator
0: like I a governor like a government official yes and
2: that uh, you know basically her dad the woman that sent it her dad it like he owns the hotel or can organize the hotel and get the like that man's like room mixed around to where they can kill him better but you know he gets on the flight with her and it is so like it's so suspenseful because the whole time he's like you know if you don't do this you know I'm gonna kill so and so you know all you gotta do is make what does he say He's like make the fucking call or something like that but it it is so suspenseful because like she doesn't just cower because she knows that someone's gonna die from it And it's just her throughout the plane trying to figure out a way to get away from him or let others know. And I think that she, does she, does she write on the mirror of the bathroom with lipstick or does she like write it in the fog? I can't remember, but he's just like catching her every time she's going to do something. And there's a point where he like busts her head against something to like make her conk out for a little while. And he's like, oh, you know, you made me do that. But I think my favorite part is, not my favorite, but the worst part of it is, is where she stabs him in the throat with the pin. Oh. oh.
0: So, but, uh, Red Eye, first of all, has Killian Murphy, which I just did. He, like, him and, like, Tom Hardy and Jake Hall have been on the scene for a while, and everyone acts like, they just came up. It's like, no, 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 no they've been around for years, and like, I have been appreciating them for years before they became kind of more mainstream. Um, and Killian Murphy used to do a lot of bad guys, which he doesn't really do anymore, because he didn't want to get stereotyped, because you know, he was in this movie, he was the scarecrow in the Batman movies, and he was in this other movie called In Time, where he was a bad guy. He's had a few of them, right? Um, but Red Eye is a Wes Craven movie, which if you know A Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven is the guy behind those, and this was one of his other movies, which I think pretty much no one talks about, and it's really freaking good and suspenseful. Rachel McAdams plays the woman, um, and the whole thing is that uh, Killian Murphy plays this like assassin, and as you said, there's this governor official that is going to be staying at this hotel, and because uh, Rachel McAdams works at the hotel and this guy really likes her and she has a lot of pull in the place that Killian Murphy can get her to have the rooms changed so that the governor is in this room where literally they're going to like send a fucking nuke to it. And it's I'm so glad in- you corrected me. I forgot it was that he was going to have her dad killed but her
2: dad didn't work at the hotel the other guy did. Okay. I- I'm on your page yeah. now.
0: Well, the whole thing was that that's what he had on her. He said, all right, you're going to have to help me or else I'm going to have a guy who's sitting right outside your home, kill your dad. And you find out that he has been watching her forever. And she, he says, because um, the whole thing was that at the bar at the airport, because their flight, like, they got delayed or something, he offers to buy her a drink, and he's like, let me guess, you, like, sea breezes and she's like, Oh no, Malibu breezes but then he says, he's like, I have been watching you for like eight weeks and not once have you ever ordered anything else but a fucking sea breeze and so it's like, you know, he it's just he ha- he he's pretty much telling her at some point, like, stop being so emotional. He has this like line where he's like Stop, you know, being a woman pretty much and being emotional and just make the call and she is just trying everything not to, you know, she at some point, like, tries to fake a phone call. Um, she writes in the mirror and soap that there's a bomb on the plane so that, you know, they would have to stay on emergency landing. And at one point, she does agree to finally get the rooms changed because she just realizes that her father's going to die. But then she doesn't realize that the government official is there with his family. That's when she's like... He has kids. He has a wife and Killian Murphy's character, um, which his name is Jackson Rip- Ripper. <laughs> Jack the Ripper. Uh Oh was it Ripper or was it Ripner? I think I think actually it was Ripner, but you know, very similar.
1: Yes, and, yes.
0: And that and that, by the way, that like at the end of that movie, pretty much, the plane scene that she says, and she jams the freaking pen into his throat. I was like, oh, God, like, you know he's the bad guy, and you want him to obviously get, like, the shit kicked out of him, but I still was like, oh, God, and he's just running, like, not even, like, even, like, paying attention to the fact that there's something in his effing esophagus, because he just Ugh. needs to, like, get after her, and it was so freaking good it was so intense as you said it was like a thriller because they're literally trapped like on a plane like what is she gonna do where is she gonna run you know she can't and she's like stuck between a rock and a hard place because if something happens and this guy doesn't reach out to his guy on the ground her father's gonna get killed and it's just insane you never like uh, to me it was one of those movies when i watched it when i was younger that i was just gripping like my seat pretty much because I had no idea what was going to happen and Killian Murphy just plays this like unnerving psycho so well and it makes me so sad that he like doesn't play villains anymore and it's like dude it's been enough time like it's been over 10 years alright I understand that at the beginning of your career you didn't want to get known to this but it's been enough time please for everyone's sake take up a villain role again I know as I was like thanks for like a big it. I was like man I'm
2: not making sense describing this movie but it's been so long <laughs> since I've seen it and I only felt that one time but it was so good I was like and I was just so into Killian Murphy at that time I was like I'm not really I, I can't listen I'm just staring at him
0: which is understandable he's a beautiful man <laughs> right 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 exactly no, I think this was a fantastic pick because obviously it was on my list as well. Oh, i so
1: <laughs> No,
0: no, it was perfectly fine because I think it absolutely deserves it, not only because Killian Murphy was fantastic, Rachel McAdams was fantastic. To me, the storyline was enough to keep you really engaged and you never really knew what was, like, going to happen. And I love the backstory too, right? Like, you know, because I don't know if you remember... But Rachel McAdams had this backstory where she had been raped by someone. And that's why, you know, she kind of was, uh, you know, distant and her father was always checking up on her. And she had like, you know, self help books pretty much. And Killian Murphy kind of like plays on that at some point, mentioning it. And he's like kind of using it against her. And then at the end of the movie where she's like, you know what, I told myself. After that happened, and he's like, "What?" and she's like, "Never again!" and just like shoves the freaking pen in his throat. And I was like, "Oh, oh. yes!"
1: <laughs>
2: oh, and <laughs> I love that. Like everybody's after her for it because I think she's just a crazy person that yeah. like <laughs> someone. Was,
0: they're like, get that lady. She hurt him, and I was like, "You have no idea." <laughs> right? Exactly. No, I love this. This is a perfect. Uh, choice for this list absolutely needs more credit than it actually gets so bravo bravo uh, Brittany (laughs) thank you thank you I am going to pick the number five slot and I'm going to kind of shift into a more traditional horror aspect even though it was recent but you get what I mean I'll also mention the original as well but I am going to pick the 2017 version of It. Have you seen the 2017 version of It with Bill Skarsgård?
2: I have not because I'm so scared of horror movies. We'll have to watch it together, and everybody says, like, oh, it's not too bad, but I'm like, mm, clowns, Mm-mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So the thing was that, and I might be blasphemous for even saying this, but I never saw the original with Tim Curry but I know that it had to have been scary enough because most of the people that I knew who had fear of clowns all stemmed from the Tim Curry's It movie. Um, So then obviously they remade it in 2017 with Bill Skarsgård as the monster Pennywise. And I um, put it off watching it, right? Because I didn't really have so much interest in it, but it was getting so much praise and just great reviews that I decided to watch it. And I really wished I would have seen it in theater because there were so many jump scares during it that it would have been even better in like a movie theater to go see. But it was absolutely creepy and unnerving as hell because um, the whole thing starts off with this like young boy with his freaking boat, and the monster's, like, you know, in the, the sewer, and he's like, come on, Georgie, do you want it? Come down here. It's okay. And, like, the whole, like, uh motion of, you'll float too. And I'm like, this is so creepy. Uh. It, was, like,
1: it
0: was, like, more so creepy than anything else. Like, even, like, it was, like, there were scary moments, but it, there was extremely creepy moments in the whole entire movie because um, this is so funny to me at least, that, so correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Bill Skarsgård, he got the role as Pennywise and they were saying, apparent, he, he had this interview, right, where he was saying that the director and stuff was going to put like a contact or something in his eye to give him like, like a lazy eye pretty much. And Bill Skarsgård's like, oh, I can do that by myself. He, can he, in one of his eyes, he can literally make it where it, like, goes off to the side and every What? <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and the
0: director's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> so, it's so creepy because there's so many times during the movies where he does that, his, like, eyes are in, like, two different directions, and that's him doing that himself. So effing oh, insane. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: and everything is just creepy as hell, I mean, what he puts these kids through, what they end up imagining, some of the scenes, I mean, are really just, like, again, jump scares, there's some scenes where, like, the monster Pennywise is, like, figures, and, like, the house or something like that, and it's just crazy, and, you know, and the, there's adult content, because they're, they're kids, right, but then, There's, like, this one girl, and she has, like, this alcoholic, abusive father, and there's just creepy moments with that, almost creepy, because then the monster is kind of, like, talking to her, like, almost, like, comforting her, even though it's just, it's so messed up, the whole entire movie, but I definitely wish I would have seen it in theater, because even in my living room, I jumped a few times, and so it would have been great even seeing that in the movies, and I don't know if you saw, but they are coming out with an It Chapter 2, which is now going to have, like, the adult version of these kids in it and them kind of returning to the town for some reason and dealing with Pennywise all over again. So it's going to be, like, completely creepy and even more, like, adult content. So I kind of want to see it in theaters. I think I definitely might drag uh Pauly to go see it at some point, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's gonna be my pick, and I know that you haven't seen the movie it. But is there any like part of you that kind of has like any desire to see it?
2: I do want to see it because I know everybody's talked about it so much, and also like the the beginning part is so creepy though. Cause I have seen that part where like you know the kids like oh you know Georgie's like oh, yeah, I want that, and it's like, yeah, we'll come down here, and it's like the whole, oh, it, we all float down here, or something like that, mm-hmm. I, it terrifies me, I, I'm not particularly terrified of clowns, but why tempt it,
1: why, uh, <laughs> messer, like, I and all I can
2: think, though, is as a kid, and as a protector both my parents, were if some crazy-looking man in, like, a sewer drainage, or, like, you know, a A drain was like, yeah, hey, come down here. I'd be like, bro, I need to go home. I need to be away from you. I don't know what's going on, but you are creepy. No, I would not be okay with it. I do think definitely we should watch it together because I would like to see what everybody's talking about and the creepy undertones of it. But I I do scare easy. You'll you'll have to hold me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is that um. There was an interview with, again, Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise. I'm going to keep saying that. People are probably like, yeah, Tia, you said that like a million times. But um, huh. he, he was apparently, like, really afraid of um, scaring the kids. Because there are scenes where you have to like grab them and like, you know, be all up in their face and be super creepy, you know, obviously scare them. But he was, because they're kids, and he was like, oh my God, he was like, I'm so afraid, like, uh, I'm going to give these kids trauma for the rest of their lives. And I think he, and I think he said that there was at some point where there's a scene where he grabs one of the kids and the kids has to start crying and stuff. And in his head, he was like freaking out. And then as soon as like the director said cut, the kid was like, "That was great! You're so awesome! Like you did that oh, so Oh my enough. god! Oh my god! <laughs>
1: uh, uh, you're like,
2: I would be like, "What's wrong with these kids nowadays?"
1: <laughs> I
0: know that they were completely like unfazed. But yeah. Um, it's. I feel like the trailers for the second movie, if you haven't seen them, just make it look like it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. So I would say that anyone who is squeamish and doesn't like seeing that shit on film, you may want to skip out on this movie. Maybe you, Brittany. Maybe you want to skip okay. out
1: on
2: it. <laughs> I, I was like, like, I haven't seen the trailer yet because everybody talked about how scary it was and I can't handle it. <laughs>
0: I know we're having a top ten horror movies, and the two of us are weenies when it comes to horror.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: All right, It's like I like psychological thrillers, but
2: blood and gore and like watching people's fingernails get ripped out. I'm like, oh no. Like even watching Punisher season one, I was just like, or even you know, uh, Daredevil season two. I was like, oh my god, this is terrifying. It's so bloody. It's so gory, and he's
0: supposed to be the good guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, even watching, say, Stranger Things season three, they completely upped the gore in that third season to the point where I was like, oh, my God, is this a kid's show? Like, children should not be watching this. No kidding. You know what I'm saying? We'll have that discussion at some other point because I have thoughts about this. But anyway, um, Brittany, hit us up with the number four slot.
2: I think for this one I'm gonna go with Black Swan. Have you seen Black Swan? Black Swan or Swan? Swan, like, uh, like the bird. Okay, no, I have not seen it. It like, and, and it's been a while since I've seen it, so it's gonna be a little back and forth. But it's about like this woman that wants to be a ballerina. And her, well, she is a ballerina, but she's wanting a part in Black Swan. She wants to play the, uh, like, I think she's wanting to play the white swan. No, she's wanting to play the black swan, but I I can't remember exactly. But oh, I-
1: I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. Black Swan. I still haven't seen it, but I thought you were saying Black Swan. And I'm like, what is Black
1: Swan? <laughs>
0: I literally
1: said, like, the bird.
0: Yeah, I didn't hear that correctly, all right? But the the Natalie Portman movie. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, Go ahead.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And, well, it has such, like, scary undertones of, like, it's not scary in the sense of, like, just being straight-out horror, but it's, like, the, the fear of, like, how she's losing her mind. And a lot of people remember that movie because there's, like, a lesbian sex scene in it and uh i remember as a kid like i was thinking in high school and being in a room with all my friends and putting it on and one of the friend's mom walking in right as the sex scene happened.
1: <laughs> so you know that's
2: always fun and awkward when you know there's like half girls half boys in there and you're like oh no but there's like a scene where like you know, this girl is like losing her mind and I think she's wanting to like play this part really well and she just basically gets way too into it and it does kind of touch on like Valerinas having like, like all, not all of them and I do not say a lot of them but like, you know, the them having eating disorders and about how she's eating so little and how everybody's like, and I think that's part of the reason she starts kind of losing her mind but what I remember the most is that she's wanting to play this part so well that she gets so into it there's a part where she kind of like loses her mind and she like plucks a feather out of her skin and you see it like pulling up under her flesh because i think she's just like oh like almost like thinking she's becoming the black swan but it it's very messed up it's very terrifying i'm not doing this movie justice describing it (laughs) because it has been so long since I've seen it, and I don't want to say anything wrong, like, something that happened in it, but I'm pretty sure, too, like, you know, Mila Kunis is in it, and, and, you know, and I think she's, like, very much, like, like, the perfect embodiment of the Black Swan, but I think then it turns out that she never even existed in the first place. It, it's just, it's a crazy That's movie. That's the thing is that
0: when Black Swan did come out, it was really praised as just a fantastic performance by Natalie Portman and being this kind of dark uh, commentary almost on, say, like the ballerina community. And I know that I can't say a lot about the movie because I haven't seen it, but I will say that it's kind of crazy that you mention all this, just like a few fun facts. First of all, Natalie Portman herself is a vegan, but she had to lose weight for this role, so it's like she had to eat even less for this role. So she was probably starving the whole entire movie. I'm just saying. Um, She must have been starving. But it's crazy because I went to a very artsy school in New York, and there was a ballerina program. And I remember one of my classes was saying that this one person for, like, their senior thesis did a whole entire – study on the ballerina program at my school saying how the people who came the girls who came in at the age of 18 into college you know were able to do so much more than those who left at like say the age of 22 when they were done with their schooling and how like not only rigorous is the training but also how judgmental it is and how, you know, even though you're, like, say, only four years older, you're still so very young that they're still kind of uh, the those, like, the teachers and everything are very, you know, putting down the students who are, say, a little older just because they're not right at the age of 18 first beginning the program.
2: Yeah. No, it, it's wild what they go through. And I was going to say, I, I looked it up. It was, uh, Mila Kunis character did exist, but they like this part where she basically loses her mind and thinks they got into a fight and she thinks that she killed her. Like oh. the main girl thinks that she killed Mila Kunis character, but really like the fight never happened. Because they have this rivalry because uh, Lily which is the uh, Mila Kunis character is the black swan and Nina is the uh, white swan and they have like this rivalry for it because they're wanting to replace this prima donna, you know, like this, uh, the director's main um, dancer, the main ballerina. And there's a part where she thinks she kills her. But, really, the girl walks back in and she's like, "Oh, I didn't kill her, but I think she realizes like that she stabbed herself and she's like pulling shards of glass out of her abdomen. She ends up dying at the end it's really it's really crazy she
0: lost her mind, oh my god I mean it it really is like this dark commentary on how extreme some of these uh careers are, such as say being like a ballerina, like anything where, say, a woman has to be very physical and there's all that competition and it could literally drive someone insane um, because those spots are so coveted and are so, like, competitive, pretty much. And I know that it did really well. I want to say that it won, like, an Oscar or something. I think Natalie Portman won an Oscar for it. I'm, like, probably pulling that out of my ass, but I, I want to say that that's the case. I'm going to look it up th- right now because it's going to bother me. So you can <laughs> <me.
1: laughs>
2: <laughs> it what I always hate whenever like I'm trying to describe a movie because my brain goes everywhere and I feel like I'm not quite saying it right? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I love this movie. It's kind of like when I'm like, I love that actor, but I can't remember their name because I'm awful with names and it's like... I, they're going to be like, she's a phony. It looks like Family Guy, where it's like, she's uh, a phony.
1: <laughs> so,
2: yeah. But so I, I just, think
0: she did. So I just looked, and it said that during those uh, Oscar awards, that it was nominated for five Academy Awards for the Best Pitcher, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Cinematography, and Best Film Editing, and Natalie Portman won for uh, her role in that film so she won the movie itself didn't win but she won for her performance which makes sense because i think that no matter how you feel kind of about natalie fortman that she definitely put her all in that role no definitely like
2: it is crazy that the extremes they have to go to to play these people well and almost putting their head space into it because uh it's kind of like Frank Castle, you know, John Bernthal, he gets so mean and gruff for these characters. He plays but as soon as he's, like, out of the motion, like, where it's over. He's like, oh, I'm the nicest, most cheerful guy you'll ever meet. And it's like, bro, you terrified the
0: shit out of me earlier. Well, I will say, um, kind of piggybacking on what these actors and actresses are willing to do to kind of get into these roles um you know, We said that Natalie Portman had to lose weight for the role in Black Swan, but uh, Christian Bale for the uh, Mechanist, I think it was called Machinist, I, I love the movie, but for some reason I'm like, can't even function right now, but um, no, it's called the uh, Machinist, right, and it has Christian Bale in it, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, I don't mean to... Like go off too far off the list, but that also is a crazy like psychological movie. And he got down to like 120 pounds. That's the movie that if you've ever seen like pictures of Christian Bale where he's practically skin and bones, that's the movie. And apparently he ate like one can of tuna per day just to like get down to that weight. And he himself, Christian Bale, wanted to get down to 90 pounds. But when he got down to 120 pounds, the director was like, dude, you're fine. Like, you look exactly how you're supposed to look right now. You do not need to lose any more weight. You're going to die.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, they always say that Christian Bale has the craziest, like, transformations and really getting into these characters because I watched a thing yeah. where it's like, showed him all the way to like you know being so so skinny to actually being on the heavier side for like a movie and like it was like 50 shades of gray but like 50 shades of like body (laughs) (laughs) type.
0: well because so then christian bell was in this movie called the fighter which is a fantastic movie and he got very thin for that as well not as thin as he did in The Machinist, but pretty damn thin. And then, obviously, he was our Batman, and he was bulky and muscular for that. And, yes, he's had roles where he's been a little more overweight. So he certainly has gone through these body transformations. He's very dedicated to doing that, which... God bless, I guess, these actors, because I'm certainly not doing that. I'm trying to lose weight. There's no way that I'm, like, I'm going to gain weight for something unless I have, like, say, the celebrity trainer that's going to be at my door right. every, like, day. Like, all right, let's kick your ass back into shape. Like, oh, thank God, because
2: I wouldn't be able to do this on my own. <laughs> I know. You'd be, like, getting blue apron for every day of the week, for every meal. Like, if you could afford to have a personal shift, That's my thing is I would like to eat healthier, but the cost of, like, or, like, the time to make something, I'm like, okay, get me a personal chef. I will eat anything you get me.
0: And that's what these celebrities are doing, and that's why they're even able to kind of uh, flip-flop in between, so... And this is no endorsement or anything, but if I could afford it, I would totally be ordering HelloFresh every single week. But that's just me. Or unless HelloFresh HelloFresh is listening to this, then, yes, Peace 5 Nation would love a sponsorship with you, especially me. I I've heard Tia go on
2: so much about Hello Fresh that like literally seriously she
0: is obsessed with it and loves it. I'm just saying if they're listening in, we'd like a sponsorship. But anyway, um, th- we we should probably move on. I'm gonna hit the number three spot and I'm gonna pick a movie that I know that you know, Brittany. So we'll be able to uh, talk about it. And to I'm me, scared. I think it's a horror movie. I was scared. I was freaked out when I first saw it. Um, and it's going to be Purge Anarchy.
1: Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> But, so, obviously you have, like, the first Purge movie with Ethan Hawke, which is kind of, like, suspenseful and shit like that. I didn't think it was, like, the greatest, but as far as, I guess, setting up for this Purge world, it was fine. To me, where everything kicks off is the next one, Purge Anarchy, because obviously getting Frank Grillo in this universe was, like, the best thing that they could have done. And the fact that, like, now you're seeing it on the opposite side, the purge. With the first purge, you know, it's all in a house. It's uh, going based on the life of these, like, rich people who actually support the purge and then obviously everything kind of goes to shit at some point. But then in purge anarchy, you're seeing it from the street level. You're seeing it where it affects these homes, it affects these families. I mean, it's Still freaks me. I I just watched it the other day, and for like, you know, for the millionth time. And it still freaks me out when the mother and daughter realize that their grandfather willingly sacrificed himself to some rich yuppies to be killed so that money could be transferred to them. And they're so sadistic, these, like, rich people. I mean, are these what these rich people are thinking about? Because they're literally sitting there with, like, blades and looking so gleeful as they're about to kill people. I mean, what the hell is going on? Um, and then obviously you have Frank Grillo's character who is out that night to exact revenge on this, this guy who ended up killing his son in a drunk driving accident. And he's just like badass and like death to the nines with like guns and shit. And then obviously he ends up running into the mother and daughter and this other couple and they kind of have to survive the night together, right? And to me, one of the freakiest moments in the movie is when they get caught up by that uh, group of guys who are pretty much just picking up people to deliver to, again, these rich yuppies to be auctioned off. I mean, the fact that they were, like, auctioning them off pretty much like as if they were paintings, and they're talking about, like, killing them. I mean, it's just like, to me, what makes the Persian movie so horrific is the complete and utter lack of humanity. I'm like, it, it can't be that people really have this inside of them, because that's terrifying to even think about, right? And you know what scene yeah. you know, I'm talking about, right, Brittany, where, like, they're all, like, on their knees and, like, the curtains lift up and all these, like, rich yuppies are standing with champagne in their hands and everything. And they're like, oh, yes, me, I'd like to go and slaughter these people um, and that was just terrifying to me like how they were even treating that so um, I have to pick Purge Anarchy because maybe it's not say like the scariest horror movie but what's terrifying to me always is that it's not monsters that are the antagonist. it's people and seeing the like horrific like nature of people in this movie and in the Purge movies in general is what makes it absolutely terrifying. So number three is definitely going to be Purge Anarchy. I know that you've seen this movie. I know that you're a Frank Grillo fan. So I'd love to hear what you think about the movie and just like what makes it so utterly terrifying.
2: I would say the terrifying part is the fact that people would most likely be that way. I don't know to what extent but you think about it if there was one night a year where people are like oh you can do whatever you want it would be chaos especially in the big cities like there'd be so much looting happening there would be I feel like I don't know if so much murder would happen as much as like just the straight stealing beating hurting among other things it's like it would be horrible and that's what is scary that you're like man if there wasn't rules in place i don't know if human nature would take over to the point of of not being violent if people are like oh i can get away with it like oh i've had this vendetta against this guy and i want him dead but you know i'm not going to face consequences if i do it and that's why i thought it was so scary like in the movie that so many people would just flip because it's uh I think it's like the mother daughter and they have an apartment and the, uh, the renter seems so nice. Like the landlord seems so nice and seems like very like, okay. But the moment the purge happens, he's like wanting to rape the mother and like kill them. Cause he's like, Oh, I've wanted to do this for so long. And you're like, Oh my God. you like I, how many people seem nice under, you know, the mm-hmm. surface, but like deeper down, they're just, these horrifying monsters and that's where it's like you do get to see the actually good people or the ones that are like you yeah, know i just want to stay safe with my family i'm not really wanting to do anything kind of like frank gorilla's character i love the part where he sees them and he's just like just keep driving just keep driving and he's like he can't help himself but just save them because i remember you reminding me of the, that part the other day where he's like he's just basically like shit i guess i gotta save them and I I think the I think the movies have a good message of like you know forgiveness and just like basically being a better person than just like self regulating I guess but it is scary because I keep thinking I'm like what would I do in a purge? What would I do? Would I hide? I mean, somebody's just going to break into your house. Do you board up your doors? And I think we've talked about this. Like, I live in a smaller town where maybe I could just hide in the woods for a while. (laughs) But do you ever think about, I'm like, if you live in a bigger city, you just can't really, like, hide, hide.
0: Well, the thing is, like, the purge movies in general, I think really became this, like, social commentary of how the rich – survive and the poor don't because if you see the movies it's the rich people who are able to buy these really expensive security systems to the point where it locks up their windows their doors and they're pretty much just chilling right because you see even at the end when Frank Grillo's character makes it to the home of the guy that he's looking to kill The guy does have a really good security system. It's just that Frank Grillo went, like, a week before to disable it. But they were able to afford that, whereas, like, the mother and daughter who lived more in, like, an urban area couldn't, you know. All they have are just simple locks on their door, which were easily broken. And even um, you see in Purge Anarchy um, that the government is sending out trucks of soldiers to kill people because they're saying that the purge is literally meant to purge people but that people aren't killing as much as they should and that's why they need to use that to their advantage and that's like messed up you know Um, Mm -hmm. and to me I think it became so much like of a social commentary it wasn't when you first see the first movie they're saying that it's to get crime rates down and it's to get people to get all this shit out of their system But then you slowly find out that it was really put in place by those who control things to essentially get rid of what they deem the unsavories of society. Because what do we see? Who do we see are the people who are mostly affected? It's those who are poor, it's minorities and people -hmm. who aren't the homeless. You know, it's not people who were born with like a silver spoon in their mouth and that's terrifying. And I think that, That is a, like, really great social commentary on what we are seeing. We're seeing, you know, even in real life that those who are less fortunate are not even regarded so much as people, which is terrible, you know? And I think that that's what the Purge movies do, is that they're just taking it to the extreme, but are they really? Are they really taking it to the extreme, or are they just showing you, like, that this is the messed up mentality, because... Uh, who were the frickin' people that had all of them in that auction? Rich white people,
1: <laughs> you know?
0: Um, it, it was crazy. And so, to, to me, that was just so terrifying. Like, that scene will always be for you. But also, like, the most badass scene, because Frank Grillo just, like, takes out all those, like, rich yuppies in, like, a heartbeat. So to me, that's just so badass. And you see that one older woman trying to run to her car. She's <laughs> like, oh, no, don't hurt me. And it's like, don't hurt you. You are just okay with having these people slaughtered as if they're freaking animals for your own entertainment.
1: And she's like, yeah,
2: but, you know, that's me. And I'm I'm better than them.
0: Yeah, pretty freaking much. It's great. Like, I love that movie. Um, And I had to put purge anarchy on this but i will also say that i think that in terms of like being even freakier i think purge election year is even more terrifying because that's when suddenly people are like driving around like mad max type shit having people like like chained up to their cars and freaking guillotines in the middle of the street i'm like god damn people got really horrifically creative through the years right you're like oh it's supposed to purge like your bad
2: tendencies and you're like then why is the purge getting worse every year
0: right i mean you saw we saw election year together right i mean freaking do you remember the church scenes where they go and sacrifice people and they're like may the purge you know bless you or something like that
1: i'm like what am i watching right now
0: that's the thing is, I don't remember if
2: I saw Election Year. I think that's the only one I see. I saw the first one and the second one, but I don't think I've seen the third
0: one. Election Year is really good, and I know that this is off topic, but I'm just going to kind of like now, um, what you it, the, uh, put them together, Anarchy and Election Year. Um, election Year is really good because Frank Grillo's character, you know, at the end of the Anarchy decides not to kill that guy and, you know, gets saved, he goes to the hospital. So it's like 10, 15 years later, and there's this politician who wants to end the purge because she's saying that America is essentially becoming defined by the purge and that, in fact, people from other countries are coming just to participate in the purge, which probably should not be allowed. But they show these, these people from, like, Finland. They're like, oh, we want to, you know purge tonight but we don't have that in our country and it's like all right well they shouldn't be allowing that but anyway so she really wants to end the purge because you find out that she um is the only survivor of her family being massacred during a purge night so she decided to dedicate her life to ending it And Frank Grillo's character becomes her bodyguard because he's like, I believe in what you do. He's like, you know, all these years ago I went out to go purge and I realized that, like, how bad this night really is. So I want to end it. But all these politicians want the purge to keep going because they're, like, in Anarchy they were a little more subtle about, like, you know, killing poor people, but in election years, they are, like, not subtle at all. They're, like, this is what the purge is about. We need to get rid of all these people, you know? Um yeah. and, you see, like, and you see, like, an uprising of, like, rebellions and shit like that. And it's really good, but um, pretty much, like, the whole uh, thing of it is that normally in the purge, like, politicians and people aren't allowed to, you know, be killed but they decide to change that for that night so that they can try and kill that politician lady. So the whole movie is just, like, Frank Grillo trying to keep her safe and away from everyone, but there's, like, this really weird, like, church scene where there's, like, a politician who's running for president against her, but he's also, like, a minister, and he holds, like, a purge mass every night where they, like, sacrifice homeless people and, like, say that, like, you know, they're being, like, uh, now sent to heaven or some shit like that and their soul is oh, blown, great. wonderful oh, yeah. it's, it's completely messed up and and that, so that whole thing happened. Um I would say that Anarchy is the better movie, but election year is definitely worth watching. Again, Frank Grillo's in it. So Brittany, you're gonna love it. And it's I think on <laughs> our and I think it's on our uh, family uh, Google Play library. So get to that today, all right? Which, by the way, if you have a friend you trust, do the family
2: library. So much cheaper. Have
0: movies. Exactly, exactly. But I have talked about The Purge for way too long. I do apologize about that. You have the number two slot in our top ten horror, thriller, and suspense movies.
2: How about this idea? You already know what I'm going to pick. I I always pick it at the top of anything that gives me a reason to pick it because it is my favorite movie.
0: Oh, yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Are you ready? You ready? i the lamb. Been... I was writing it down before you even, like, said <laughs> <seven>. it.
2: <laughs> For nobody, if nobody has seen the movie, it goes back to where uh, these series of murders were happening from this serial killer that they call Wild Bill because of a messed up joke where they're like, oh, this killer likes his humps or, like, to skin his humps because this man... That's killing in this movie. He kills uh, overweight women that uh, on the heavier side, but beforehand he starves them so that their skin is loose, so that he can cut it off and make a suit out of it because he wants to be what he's obsessed with. And so, yeah. Well, so the whole thing goes back to the Clarice is Clarice Sterling is an FBI in training who is at the Academy still and one of the bigger guys at top, who I think if I remember correctly, I'm trying, I, I don't know if he's Grant. I'm trying to remember his name, but basically he has history with Hannibal. And he sends Clarice to like, oh, I just need you to run basically a survey on him. I just need you to ask him a few questions. But even Hannibal figures out, oh, you sent this young, naive thing to me to, like, basically get information out of me. And Clarice doesn't know that that's the reason that she's even there. She really thinks that she's supposed to be doing this survey or, like, asking this questionnaire to him. But really the head guy knew that they would interact and that she was more likely to get something out of Hannibal Lecter. So, The whole thing goes on, and even she goes, she's like, oh, you sent me there like that, and the head guy's like, if I would have told you the reason I wanted you to go there, he would have sniffed you out in a second and ripped you apart. But I just love their interactions, because even though Hannibal's, like, this serial killer, he's so, like, very proper, very polite, and his whole thing is that if you've read the books or, you know, knew, the other movies is that he does not like impolite people. He sees them as less than human. Cause you see, even though he's a cannibal, He believes that the people he's eating are not human, basically. They're no more than just animals that we eat because they are not worthy of being basically considered human beings or even close to his level. But it's just his attachment to Carice that gets me so much because he's so fascinated by her it's that obsession and he's helping her but he's almost like guiding her hand holding her and like they almost form like I feel like it's too um much to call it a friendship but almost this partnership because she almost understands him because there's even a part that uh I, I'm trying to remember his name I think it was uh Midge he is another inmate at this uh, criminal. Cause all this is happening at like a asylum for the criminally insane. And one of these guys, he um does something into his hand and throws it at Sterling's face, and it gets on her. And Hannibal is so offended, for her, so upset, for her. he's like, "Oh, I would have never let that happen," you know, and basically he convinces that guy to kill himself. That even though he can't touch him, him just talking to him at night, he ends up swallowing his own tongue, the guy that does it to her. But it's just going on. It's so fascinating. Just like, it is very much a thriller because you have, like, you know, her trying to get the information from Hannibal who's not giving it out right. He makes her work for it, you know, quid pro quo. But then you have Wild Bill and the girl that he has recently. Where you know it puts the lotion on its skin, or else it gets a hose again because he calls her it because he doesn't want to see her as a human being. So you have that kind of parallel going on throughout the movie. But I'm just so obsessed with it. Like I will probably go watch it tonight. Like not no joke.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean. Silence of the Lands I think, it holds, like, a record for winning, like, every single award at the Oscars that year because Sir Anthony Hopkins is just, like, this fantastic actor, and it's certainly one of his most memorable uh, roles ever, and you actually showed that. Movie to me because even though, yes, I've known about the movie practically my whole entire life because I believe it came out in 1990.
2: Am I correct? Yeah, because I was when I was younger, I couldn't figure out if it came out in the 80s or the 90s, and then I thought it was 1990, and I was like, oh, that's why. (laughs) Because you're Uh, just at the cusp of like entering the 90s, but still had the 80s vibe.
0: Yeah, and I was literally born in 1990, so obviously I didn't see it as a kid, and I just didn't see it but then you showed me some years ago and I was like almost mad at myself for having taken so long to actually see this movie because it is absolutely perfection I mean first again Anthony Hopkins is just so good in that role as Hannibal Lecter just so unnerving and completely commanding the screen every scene that he's in and just the back and forth between him and Clarice is wonderful to watch I mean the tension that you can get from them speaking with each other is palpable you know and with the scenes with Wild Bill, I mean, obviously, those are so, like, disturbingly iconic, it puts the notion on the scene, or else it gets hose again, it's like, oh, God, like, right. so creepy, so creepy, the only, the only thing I knew of, like, Silence of the Lambs for a long time was, you know, the scene where, um, why, is it Wild Bill or Buffalo Bill? Oh, sorry, it's Buffalo Bill.
2: Uh, You know, I'm sitting there uh, for anybody listening, I I get confused because me and Tia have watched so much Deadwood lately that there's Wild Bill and then there's Buffalo Bill, and I'm pretty sure that it's Buffalo Bill in this. So my bad. I am a bad fan, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure it's
0: Buffalo Bill. It's perfectly fine. Um, But So Buffalo Bill, you know, at some point in the movie like tucks his junk you know in between his legs and kind of does that like weird dance and everything and in uh Clerks 2 uh, Jay (laughs) did the same thing so I was like that's the only thing like I knew about the whole entire like movie for so long was due to that which I know stupid um it is Buffalo Bill by the way I just looked it up just for like clarification I did too I did (laughs) (laughs) yeah no this is a fantastic movie I knew that you were going to put it on the list but it is so terrifying and so suspenseful and you know what do you do when you have someone who's like a cannibal because at that point they literally just don't look at you like you're a human being like you're literally an animal to them I, that's why
2: I like I love so much with like his obsession with Care he's he's blah, 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 blah. I, I always get tongue tied saying Clarice, that's so why like sometimes I just call her Sterling. But um mm-hmm. he he's like he's almost impressed with like her at the end Hannibal is whenever he's like, Oh, very clever and he's like they'll say that we're in love and it's just like his obsession with her. I'm like Ugh. I gotta watch that movie. You know what? I'm sorry. I know I talked about Walking Dead and Negan and we talked about Killian <laughs> Murphy and Frank Grillo. But
0: I think I'm gonna need to watch some Silence of the Lamb tonight. That's perfectly fine. Um interestingly enough, I saw online recently that, you know, the mask that they put on uh Hannibal Lecter at some point in the movie wasn't um the original mask that they were going to put on they tried a few different masks to see what actually looked the best and what really kind of like had that screen presence that the one that he actually ended up going with which i'm happy that they went with that the other options didn't look as good but yeah that whole thing is like terrifying and i love the whole concept of the fact that they have to go to one serial killer in order to stop another serial killer because he's the only one who can really decipher who this guy is and like where he is and in order to stop him i thought that was really cool and i, I think saying. that sorry go ahead oh no sorry i interrupted you Oh, I was going to say, I feel like they've referenced that a little in other things, like, since then, because there was an episode of Criminal Minds where uh, Hotch and Spencer Reed go to talk to this one serial killer in jail so that they could get information on another serial killer. So it's like that stuff in *Science of the Lambs has been so iconic that it's bled into other stuff throughout the years.
2: I think what one of my favorite scenes though is is that uh, and this is the last thing I'll say about it because I could talk about Silence of the lamb all day (laughs) is whenever she's like oh you know all serial killers basically you know
0: this is in
2: this is not a completely accurate of how she said it but she's like oh you know serial killers always take a trophy and he's like I didn't and she's like no you ate yours and the look he gives her like almost that wavering look like oh very very funny but also like oh, bitch I'm gonna kill you
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love, oh, it. I love really,
0: it you need to watch Silence of the Lambs at some point today you'll never forgive yourself if you don't
2: uh, do you know I don't actually own it? I just keep renting it. I need to bite the bullet and actually
0: buy it. <laughs> Why don't you buy it? You probably waste so much money renting it oh, every Oh, I know,
2: now. I I know, and I have like five dollars of like, you know, uh, if if anybody has an Android phone, do yourself a favor and download Google Rewards because you answer surveys and they give you free money. And I like saved up ten bucks, but I spent four of it, so I've got a couple of dollars left that I'll probably put towards that movie.
0: I need to start doing that because I, like, rent and buy stuff too many times on Google Play every time. I'm like, why am I wasting money on this? Um, And then I go and look into my bank account and you see, like, $199 here, $199 here. here. (laughs) I need to get on that just so that I can stop wasting my money pretty much. Yes, girl, you do. (laughs) But... Brittany, I think that that was a fantastic choice and certainly a worthy uh, number two for our top ten horror, thriller, and suspense movies. We are down to the number one, and as always, I'm just going to name off what we have so far before taking the number one spot. Um, So for number ten, we have Zodiac. For number nine, we have 28 Days Later. For number eight, we have World War Z. For number seven, we have American Psycho. For number six, we have Red Eye. For number five, we have the 2017 version of It. For number four, we have Black Swan. Number three is Purge Anarchy. Number two is Silence of the Lambs, and I'm going to hit the number one spot. And I am going to pick one of the creepiest movies that I have seen, one of the best psychological thrillers, and certainly one of the best of Jake Gyllenhaal's career, and it's going to be Nightcrawler. Now, Brittany, tell me before I get into anything, have you seen Nightcrawler? I
2: have not, but I looked it up the other day. I can't remember what I read about it, but I knew I was watching you and I think AJ talking about it after watching Spider-Man and how great it was, but I have not personally seen it.
0: So if you ever, so in Spider-Man Far From Home, which I guess spoilers if you haven't seen it, but it's been around, it's been out for a little while, so you should see it anyway. The type of like creepiness that Mysterio Like, Hits is nothing compared to what Jake Gyllenhaal hits in Nightcrawler. First of all, he lost a shit ton of weight, so he looks like, creepy as hell because his, like, cheeks and everything are all hollowed out. But he pretty much plays this, like, unnerving guy who starts um, filming uh, crimes, right, so that he could sell them to news stations to make money off of it. And he always, like, prides himself as being, like, the first one to the scene. Well, after a while in the movie, he starts committing these crimes so that he can be the first one to get, like, the exclusive, like, video footage that, like, no other reporter can get because he's, like, that up close. Like, he gets, like, so close, you know, and he's, like, showing dead bodies where, like, others don't and it's, like, the police are kind of just, uh, like, saying that he can't do that, but it's just so creepy. Like, his character in general is so unnerving because he, like, somehow, like, gets his way, right? Because the whole thing is that, like, it starts off with him stealing from, like, say, a construction site. And he steals this stuff, and then he goes back, you know, and tries to, like, sell it back to, like, this scrapyard and, like, you know, asking for a job and shit like that. And, you know, that's pretty much, like, how he is the whole entire movie is just that, like, he somehow finds a way to, like, weave himself into these, like, situations, even if people don't necessarily really want him there. And... He ends up in this, like, relationship kind of with this woman at the news station because he keeps giving her, like, these really great exclusive videos. But, like, even though it seems like she's kind of in charge, you realize that he has, like, a complete, like, hold on the situation to the point where, like, there's a scene where he's just so creepy that you could, like the fear kind of on her face where she's like looking at him almost like this is a dangerous man here but he's like grinning all the time and it's so it's like so unnerving and just like insane and just like then what he kind of goes um you know the, the the length that he goes to for the best uh the best footage, you know, it's just it's just crazy. Like I know that I'm doing probably a horrible job describing it, but like any movie that you've seen, Jake Hall kind of have this like really creepy, unhinged personality in such as Mysterio is like time that by 10 in Nightcrawler. It is one of his best films and just absolutely worth a watch because I just don't think that and he's great. He's a fantastic actor in so much. I had at least, like, three movies, which we could talk about in our Arnold mentions that had him in it. But I don't think that he was any more insane than he was in this movie. No, it sounds terrifying. It gives me almost, like...
2: I, I know you might laugh, but it almost gives me like OG Spider-Man vibes of like how he would take pictures of him as Spider-Man, and he was always getting the exclusives, and yeah, like but in the
0: to, it, it's very but like that. But to the point that he's literally causing like accidents and everything yeah. to get these exclusives.
2: It's so messed up. It sounds terrifying. Like I know that especially when y'all were talking about like how unhinged Mysterio could be and like the flip, it was great. Which a uh, quick nod to that movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is such a good actor that they said that he played you know, when he's you know, spoiler alert, when he's playing Mysterio that he plays him worse than he would normally, and that whenever he goes back to being, like, who he actually is, that really then he puts on his acting chops, and I found that so fascinating, but he really is such a good actor, so even though I haven't seen this movie, I can just imagine it from the way you're saying it, like, how creepy he is, how almost daunting and intimidating he is, and it gives me all the vibes.
0: No, seriously, like, the whole movie is just creepy. I, that's all I can, like, really describe it as. It's just creepy. It's a thriller. Um, Whenever you're watching it, you always have this thought process that, like, something doesn't feel right, you know? Like, that's how it is. And then I'll just never forget, like, the scene where he's speaking with the woman who's kind of in charge at the news station. And, again, she's, like, older than him, and it seems like, you know, she's in charge the whole time. But then there's, like, this one scene where it's, like, she's terrified of him. And, like, realizing, like, you know, how dangerous this guy is and how, you know, like, he gets what he wants pretty much, like, all the time. And mm-hmm. if you don't give him what he wants, then, you know, you should be scared.
2: You may end up on one of his pictures.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, to me, and I know that I did a terrible job describing, and I may have to watch this at some point today, but I, I have not felt like there was a Jake Gyllenhaal movie that was as creepy as Nightcrawler. And I thought that if we're talking about suspense, we have to definitely mention it there. Like I remember um, on Netflix maybe a few months ago, I forgot when it came out, when Velvet Buzzsaw um, was released and that also stars Jake Gyllenhaal. And I said that it had like a slight a slight um, Nightcrawler vibe to it. And I remember saying that, and I believe it was Kanan who was like, Don't ever compare this to Nightcrawler. It could never compare to Nightcrawler. And I was
1: like, Kanan's not...
0: going to beat you up. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not saying that it is Nightcrawler. I'm saying that I was getting slight Nightcrawler vibes, but apparently that was just too blasphemous for me to even say. So I took it back. I took it back.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, that's so funny. Yeah, but. That's our top ten, and I feel that now we have the opportunity to kind of throw out some honorable mentions. So I didn't know, Brittany, if you had any on your list that you'd like to mention right now.
2: Um, I'm trying to think.
0: I, let me look at my list real quick because I, I had a
2: couple that whenever you reminded me of other stuff, I kind of just went and took them all.
0: Oh, um, Quiet Place, A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah, you were talking about the other day when we were even mentioning this list. I know, it was on there, because it was so
2: good, like, I remember, uh, like, Aaron was begging me to watch it, and I was so scared, because like I said, I I get kind of like scared with like suspense movies, but I ended up watching it, and I was like, this is utterly terrifying, this is like, like, just how careful they have to be, like, it almost gave me Walking Dead vibes, too, where it's like, oh, you have to be quiet. But I think what gets me, too, is do you remember when the guy commits suicide because his wife gets killed by the things that can hear you speak? And so he's so upset, he just starts screaming. So it gets him. I'm just like, that whole movie just messed with me bad.
0: Well, so they are coming out with A Quiet Place too, And did you know that Killian Murphy is going to be in it? What? What? Yeah, exactly.
2: Tia. We have to <laughs> see this movie.
1: John,
0: uh, I feel like John, this whole thing has been Killian
2: Murphy, <laughs> uh Sir Anthony Hopkins, but, like it's like the the main people we always love.
0: It's not our fault that they just are continuously in these like psychological thrillers, but Uh, John Krasinski is a fabulous actor and producer, director. I mean, he did pretty much everything in that movie, and he acted alongside his wife, which was amazing as well. Um, I am in complete awe of, like, his career ever since The Office, which, don't get me wrong, I love The Office, but he is so much more than Jim from The Office. Um, He is so beautiful. If anyone has, like, Amazon Prime, he's really good in this series called Jack Ryan that is getting a second season, which I'm super excited about that. Um, yeah, he's fantastic, and he's so gorgeous with that beard. But um, uh, what was I going to say? So I had a few uh, honorable mentions as well. And both of them starred Jake Gyllenhaal in it, which is like,
1: right. Oh,
0: um, uh, how am I not surprised? Again, not my fault that these actors decide that they want to continuously be in thrillers and psychological crap. They're just really good at it. So, <laughs> um, Prisoners, which had Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman in it, was absolutely fantastic. That. Still, like had me on the edge of the seat the entire freaking movie and then nocturnal animals which had jake gyllenhaal amy adams and aaron taylor johnson as like the creepiest mother effer ever in that movie i mean i don't think you've seen nocturnal animals but holy shit like aaron taylor, aaron taylor johnson who plays quicksilver in age of ultron is in it, and he is like this hillbilly mother effer just uh, killing people and creating all sorts of chaos throughout the movie and just really unnerving. I know I keep saying that. I remember you
2: talking about that movie. I remember when you yeah. were going through that kick.
0: It was so good. It was so good. um Just the way that they played it because the whole thing is like you have the main story that's going on. And then Amy Adams' character is reading a book. And so then the other story in the movie is the book. But it's so much more, like, interesting and creepy than, like, the actual reality that's happening. Like, to me, what makes Nocturnal Animals an imperfect movie is the fact that they didn't just stay with, like, say, the book story. They didn't need to have it where she's reading the book and that's kind of, it's like, gosh, have just in the movie. Like, that should have right. been the entire movie, was that. That was interesting. And that was creepy enough. We didn't need to keep going back to quote unquote reality because that was just boring. So that's why, like, I don't count, like, Nocturnal Animals Day as, like, necessarily a perfect movie. But what's perfect is the book story. And that's the story that Aaron Taylor Johnson is in. It's just freaking fantastic. Did it feel like an unnecessary filler? It did. It really did. Um,. Because the whole point is that the story is supposed to be a metaphor to say Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal's Hall's relationship in real life, but I, I didn't really care about that crap, I just wanted to know about the craziness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't need
0: all the other bull crap, I just need this, I don't, you know, I don't need the other bull crap, but um. Do you have any other uh, honorable mentions that you wanted to throw out for us today? I mean, obviously, we could talk about, again, like the Nightmare on Elm Street, the Friday the 13th, the Halloween, the Pinheads, the this, the that. I mean, there's all those, like, classic horror movies, as my mom said, uh, Dracula and Frankenstein. But um, I thought that it was great that we included more so much, like, thriller and suspense in these because, to me... That was terrifying. Not so much I, like a guy, a guy, you know, waving, say, like a machete and everything like that, with a mask on. To me, it's like people that are the most terrifying of all.
2: I know. That's why I almost feel like it's better to call it, you know, like the top ten thriller slash suspense because horror is good, but it's like what makes those so good is the thriller, like the thriller and suspense to it. And I know some people really like the gore, but it's sort of like uh, Saw. is terrifying. I've never watched one of them. My parents have, I think they've watched all of them, but any time they went to watch it, I was like, Nope, goodbye. I want nothing to do with this. I don't want to watch people fall into a pit of used type. Um, fall in a pit of used needles. I couldn't talk for a second because she was a heroin addict. No, I don't need that. I, I don't need the message behind it. I just want to be left
0: alone. Well, to me, it's like the song movies aren't scary because of, like, say, the story. They're just scary because of the gruesomeness of it. Um, but then at that point, you're just essentially watching, like, gore porn pretty much.
1: Um, yeah. I think
0: I saw- I, like, saw one of the saws, and I don't know which one it was, but whichever one it was is that this girl had to literally, like, stick her hand into a jar of acid to get the key to fucking, like, unlock this thing that pretty much was going to rip open her rib cage. So it was just all, like, terrible, or, like, this girl who, like, literally, like, froze to death because like she was in this uh room that was like below zero degrees and these spritzers kept like spraying like water onto her so it just like froze her to death but to me I'm like that's just torture as like a form of porn almost like I don't know if I'm like you know completely out. yeah of no I get that, you but, like, but you know there's some sick fuck out there that's watching that getting off on it and I'm like that's not scary to me like scary is like some of the stuff that we mentioned you know because that's like what's terrifying for like a human being to look at another human being and not even consider them as human beings
2: because why like my parents were always confused with me they're like oh you don't like the paranormal stuff but you'll watch the serial killer stuff of stuff that can actually happen to you because i think what scares me the most is when you go to bed at night and you go man, you know, I live in a nice neighborhood. That never happened. I'm like, yeah, all those other people didn't expect to get murdered either.
0: Well, that's the thing. Never think that way because you never know. <laughs> Someone's listening to this and they're like, wow, this conversation went dark really bad. Right,
1: right?
0: <laughs> You know what? That's just how it goes. We are talking about real-life commentary here. All right, guys? <laughs> No, I can't watch this. I I can't watch this paranormal activity movie. They like that's just too freaky to me. I'm like I I don't know. I I
2: I don't like the thought of something being able to hurt me and me not being able to defend myself. Like a killer you can hide. They're human. They bleed. But if I got a ghost after me that can touch me, but my fist
0: is going to go through them, I'm going to lose my freaking
1: mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then also you're like, is my house haunted? Like, is there going to be some ghost that's going to come after me? The plates are going to start flying and shit. And it's like, why do you have such a problem? What did I ever do to you, ghost? I don't don't want to do, like, a
2: 10-step ritual to be able to get rid of it.
0: (laughs) I don't know why. That just reminded me of the scene in Thor Ragnarok when Korg is, like, piss (laughs) off (laughs) ghost.
1: I love that part.
0: The only, like, paranormal shit is, I guess you can almost consider, say, like, stranger things a little paranormal. Um, With yes. also like monsters and shit, and that's just such a good freaking show. I have it on in the background on mute right now. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh. she's just like she's like, you know what? I need my, uh, Jim, my Hopper, Jim Hopper. Up. I need my Jim Hopper
1: kick.
0: So I need my Jim Hopper. You need him, oh, but. Brittany, I think that we did a really awesome job today. I think that we tackled some really good movies that hopefully other people who are listening will agree with us. And if you don't,
2: then no, I'm choking. It's okay, <laughs> you have your opinion.
1: I'm <laughs> thinking you know, like I was like, oh,
2: you're gonna go into this blah blah blah. No, you're good. We feel you.
0: You're good. You're good. Um, Britney, tell us where we can find you and what you're up to next. Uh, Say you can find me at Instagram
2: and Twitter under the same handle of Brittany underscore Hegel, because I'm real original. Uh, You can follow me there. I'll update whenever I'm doing things to let you know, hey, I'm going to be doing this, but you can always, normally, unless something crazy happens, you can find me on this podcast on Sundays in the morning. And when I'm able to, geeks against the grain, because I like talking to people and forcing them to listen to me.
0: I'm pretty sure that's your description in our About section on Geek Vibes Nation. But <laughs> <laughs> and since we have time, I can actually run through everything. You can always find us at geekvibesnation.com. Um, we are on Spotify, Red Circle, Apple, and iTunes is a it call. I don't even have, like, an iPhone or anything, and I've never had any, like, Apple products. So that probably sounded really weird. You can find us on Apple. It's like it's iTunes to you, but you can find us there on <laughs> You're such an Android user. You're like, oh, what, what's that, this called? I literally will say that the only Apple product I have ever owned in my life is when the original iPod Nano came out back when I was in high school, like over ten years ago, and they were just oh. available. In, and they were just available in the colors black or white, and it went up from two gigabytes to four gigabytes. So that's telling Ooh, you yes. there's so much
1: space. And,
0: <laughs> and like <laughs> and. and I remember afterwards is when they came out with all the colored ones, and I was like, "Oh, it's the colored ones!" But then I got so frustrated with them because you couldn't transfer your music, whatever. I'm not going to get into it before like <laughs> after shuts down this like podcast or something. But you can find us on all of those that we mentioned Stitcher. Uh if I didn't say it Spotify, Brittany, we have our own top ten on Spotify right now, which is awesome. We're on iTunes, on Red Circle, on Stitcher, awesome. That sounded like the freaking reindeers from Santa Claus on oh,
1: <laughs>
0: I-, I wanna be but- Rudolph. Yeah, your nose is red enough for that. (laughs) Oh, rude. Rude. (laughs) No, it's so funny. I was with uh, Kelly yesterday, and she was getting tan, and her nose was getting a little red, and I was just like... But then I looked at myself in the mirror today, and I am like a freaking apple right now. So, but... um, But, so... You know, we have the top 10 that we do every Sunday. We have Geek Fives Live coming at you a little later on today. We're going to be doing Geeks Against the Grain at some point. Then on Mondays, you have Dane's Mondays Suck. Uh, we got Full Court Press and WWE talk and all of that stuff to so make sure that you're into sports and you're into basketball and all that you go to geekfibesnation.com to see what's available you take a look um, we have plenty of awesome top tens um, not sure what our beast against the grain uh, subject is going to be but it's going to be cool we got geek vibes live coming up later with Juwan, Nick um, and all those great people and you can find me on Twitter, uh, Tia Faby, and that's both Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you check all that out. I am uh, the content writer for Deep Vibes Nation as well as the host, as you know, of the top ten. So it has been awesome being with you guys this morning, and I'd love to know what you think your top ten horror, thriller, and suspense movies are. Brittany, thank you for being here with me today, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you,
1: and you have a great day, too. Bye, everyone. Same time, same back channel.